everyone. This is Justin with the White Tail Theories podcast. On the mic, uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, we have Danny Reeser uh, with OPI and Rhino Hunting Blinds. What's up, Danny? Hey, Justin. How you doing? Good, good, man. I really appreciate you jumping on the jumping on the mic with us. We've had a uh, a good bit of a good bit of members have been reaching out to us and and definitely have been wanting to hear from from you and you know your story and especially with the uptick of rhino blinds and i know you guys own a few other companies um but uh yeah we got it done and we got you on the mic so um danny kind of how we uh we start the podcast out a little introduction um you know we we kind of start out with uh how did you get started into hunting yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, I'm I'm really glad to be here, and and just really honored to be on your your podcast, and glad that we can uh, just sit down and chat. It's it's always fun to to connect with somebody else in the hunting industry and just share stories. So I'm looking forward to that, and I just really appreciate you having me on. And and that being said, you know, um, me getting started in the in the hunting, it was at a very young age. Um, I was fortunate enough to have my dad and my grandfather introduced me to bow hunting as early as the age of six years old. Um, I actually harvested my first white-tailed deer with, a, with an old-style Horton crossbow at the, at the age of six. Um, you know, in the state of Ohio, uh, when you're a landowner, you've got some flexibility. Um, I, I learned um, all about hunter safety from my dad um, even before I took my official hunter safety course at eight years old. And, and so, um, he taught me a lot about, about hunting and how to appreciate, you know, the, the gift of nature that God gave us. And, um, you know, I just spent a lot of time with him in the woods. And so, um, from that early age on, you know, I, I got out every single year. Um, I'm 29 years old, about to be 30 years old this fall. And, you know, I haven't missed a single deer season. Um, so our, our roots go way back to the to the mountain hills of West Virginia. My grandfather and, and his father were traditional recurve archers, and um, my grandpa was one of the best shots, you know, that I've ever met. Uh, he could he could shoot a, a 410 shotgun shell, you know, at 15 yards away with his recurve crossbow uh, instinctively, and so just been in my bloodline for a long time and. Just something I've been doing for for a long time since a young age. That that's awesome. You know, we 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 normally hear about you know when people get into the into hunting. I I think that it's definitely a huge um, percentage of people. You know, have a somewhat similar story to what we have of you know grandpa and great grandpa. They they just seems like they knew it all. And and you know, as we get older, we learn that they were just you know. I guess you know coachable they were ready to learn every time they went out and that's what made them so great but um i, I my point is I, I definitely never get tired of hearing you know how someone got in because even though it's all you know a big percentage like i said is similar it's every single story has its its own unique um you know unique thing to it and and i definitely love hearing that but uh, we are definitely truly blessed to uh <laughs> you know, have grown up and I'm the same as you. I never miss a season. I feel like, you know, now that my grandfather's passed, I, I feel like they'd be like rolling over in their grave if they uh, knew we missed a season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, unfortunately I lost my grandfather last July and uh, he, up until the day he passed, you know, he was out hunting and, and actually yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here in my office and looking at the the mounts on the wall the last year he harvested at 87 years old was a, a beautiful 10 point that he shot with his with his 10 point crossbow and and he hunted till you know the day he was laid to rest and um, it's something that goes back to you know he he hunted to put food on his table and and to put food in his belly and um, you know that that goes back a long way to the great depression and um, it's carried all the way as a tradition you know up until me as a young man and now I've got two young boys of my own that um, I'm going to be taking my soon-to-be five-year-old out turkey hunting with me this spring and not sure if he'll harvest the turkey or not I'm, I'm going to probably save that until 
maybe next year when he's six years old, um, be about the same age I was and uh, just let him get a little bit more uh, maturity and understanding and patience, but uh, at least get him out this year to just experience that and, and learn, you know, how to be quiet, how to watch the animals and, and hopefully prepare him to maybe be able to take his, his first turkey and his first deer next year at six years old. So I'm just excited to be able to pass that down to, to my two boys and, you know, carry on the research tradition for another generation. And, um, you know, yeah, my, my grandfather would be super proud. I, I love hearing that, Danny. I uh, actually have a, a son that's on the way. And, and, and a lot of people, we always hear when you don't have kids and when you have children, uh, when it comes to, to this tradition, you always hear, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And, and I tell you what, I never understood it until, you know, the, the child's almost here. And I'm sitting here like almost daily, like, oh, okay, I want to I wanna teach this. And, you know, maybe I should do this different. And maybe this should go first, like you said, instead of just getting them out there shooting a bird and not really understanding, you know, the, the, the conservation part of it, the you know, right. the, the shot placement. I mean, it's, it's most animals we hunt. You don't, you don't take headshots, you know, so you, you right. encourage against it uh, in a lot of, you know, it's almost considered almost, uh, you know, that we always hear the argument of, uh, it's ethical. It's not ethical, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, now you're completely having to train them a whole different way to forget all that stuff. And, you know, it, to a sense, obviously, but, um, but that's exciting, man. I, uh, I definitely want to see it. So I don't know if you guys are going to shoot it or take photos or whatever you do, but definitely email it my way. I'd love to see just him being out there. And I think that's a great way to, to start and something I'm actually writing down right now to add to the uh, hunting, teaching children hunting <laughs> notepad here. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And so, we'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have a camera with me and uh, we try to take a camera with us everywhere we go and, because those memories, you know, when we're looking back on them, you know, 20 years from now are just priceless. So I'll, I'll definitely, if we get, if we get something good, I'll definitely share it, share awesome. it with you. That's awesome, man. I, uh, we just had one of our members out of Georgia, Andy, he just put his son on his first bird and, and he's around that age. I think like the, you know, six to eight, uh, age and, uh, same thing, just the, the joy in his eyes, even if that was the only part of the video that I saw, it would have been better than a, you know, a 10 minute action packed video. I mean, him, him hearing the gobblers sounding off and, you know, Andy did the same thing. He kind of educated his kid on, on what was going on before he actually took him, you know, to pull the trigger. And I tell you what, just seeing the excitement in his eyes and being like, they're coming, Dad. And, you know, I just, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. It's super exciting, especially with a turkey. Um, deer are great and, and other game animals, but something about that turkey taking a kid out, I don't, I don't know. It's, I've taken, you know, plenty of younger children with me hunting, but I guess when it's your own, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure. But uh, so, Danny, um, I kind of wanted to touch back here. We'll backtrack a little bit here. Uh, OPI. So, you know, I, I obviously I've known about OPI for a little bit, and you know, with with uh, you guys also having rhino, I've I've seen a huge uptick in. And rhino blinds, I don't know if that's, you know, the algorithm kicking in or whatever. I actually just started getting some blinds for some private properties we have uh, for my father-in-law. And, um, you know, I, that was something where I saw it and, and immediately was like, wow, you know, he can move a little bit. He can see better. Um, definitely attracted me to it. But, you know, if you want to go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about your company, OPI. Um, you know, why why did you guys decide to go that route and, um, you know, kind of dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for those that don't know, OPI stands for Outdoor Product Innovations. Um, we're based out of Illyria, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, OPI uh, was started about seven years ago, and it really started with Rhino Blinds and another product that we have called the LidCam Action Camera. So basically, to take you back to the, to the beginning, um, coming out of Come out of high school. I graduated high school in 2011. Um, I was a highly recruited Division One quarterback for football. I had multiple options to play uh, Division One football at you know West Virginia University, um, Indiana University, uh, some other ones uh, around the Great Lakes area. Um, and basically, it, it boiled down to um, I had given up a lot of time in in the fall, dedicating my life to 
to football where I just had to pass on, you know, some hunting trips or just some time in the woods. Um, and so when it came down to it, I had a choice to make where I could go away to school. I could, you know, dedicate the next four to five years of my life to basically football becoming a full-time job and absolutely know going into it that I would have very minimal time to, you know, get out in the woods or, or get out on the boat fishing um, just in talking to some, some, you know, fellow teammates or some guys that I was friends with that were in the college level. Um, you really have to commit you know, your whole life as a full-time job to that, along with school, obviously. And so um, I have, we, I had an opportunity here. Um, we have a, an amazing um, local community college here. Um, Lorain County Community College is the largest community college in the state of Ohio, literally was within walking distance of the home I grew up in. And uh, I, I chose to go there, get a, a business degree there, um, I played some some golf there. They were a, a Division three golf team there. I actually played some golf there um, and chose to have my own flexibility to be able to go to school here locally, have all the time I wanted to to be closer to my hunting properties, uh, be able to spend more time in the woods with my dad and my and my sister and my grandfather. Um, and so I, I made that decision. And uh, ultimately, what we ended up doing to to kind of celebrate was uh, booked a trip out west to Colorado for an archery elk hunt and um, spent some time out there because I hadn't been able to do that, you know, for the last four or five years um, just because it's hard to, you know, when you're in high school, take off and, and go for four or five days on an elk trip. Um, so while we were out there, we bumped into a, a television show. We actually shared camp with a, uh, with a television show and uh, they had the two hosts there and their executive producer there and um, spent some time day in, day out with them, you know, because when you're in a hunting camp, especially with an outfitter, you know, you're really sharing, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner with all the other people in the camp. And so we got to know them pretty well. Um, it was myself, my dad, my grandfather, and my great uncle. So we had three full generations of hunters there and, and uh, never really talked about much other than just learning about, you know, their process for filming an outdoor television show. Um, never once had the thought in our mind of, of having our own show. Just was more, you know, becoming friends with them, learning about what they do, just being interested in them. And so about a year later, um, we had stayed in touch with, with those people, and we were contacted by that producer, uh, my dad was, and he was basically putting out on the table, hey, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, getting to meet you guys. I love the three generations aspect of, of what your family brings and would love to put that into a TV show format. And so um, we thought pretty hard about it and decided to give it a shot. Um, and we, we started the Outdoor Option television show that aired on the Pursuit Channel and Sportsman Channel for the next five years from about 2012 all the way until um, 2017. You know, we ran five full seasons, uh, 13 episodes a season of the outdoor option. And so that basically became, um, you know, my my side job. You know, I was working for my dad and in, in the business that he had for 30 years. And, and we were doing this, you know, ended up traveling, you know, almost uh, 20 weeks out of the year filming these shows. And along the way, um, one of our sponsors was Rhino Blinds, which at the time was just a, a small company out of South Carolina that really just had one model of blind with one camo pattern. And, um, you know, we were promoting them on our show and they uh, got to a point where they were growing pretty good. They didn't feel that they could, you know, financially support that growth. So just in being close with them as, as a sponsor of ours, we engaged in some conversations with them. Um, you know, my dad and I were in a position to where we could offer to, uh, you know, acquire that brand from them and, and kind of put our foot into the outdoor industry. And so long story short, we ended up acquiring Rhino Blinds and another product they had underneath their little umbrella was the lid cam action camera. So, you know, right then and there, we, we had two, you know, recognizable brands into the outdoor industry that we owned. And uh, that's how outdoor product innovations was spawned. It's a long story, but, um, you know, it's kind of a unique one in how we went from not being in the outdoor industry at all to, you know, being a recognizable face through television in the industry and then 
you know, owning our own brands in that industry. No, that, that, that's, that's great, man. That was actually one of the main, <laughs> one of the main things I, I wanted to know was the, the backstory of it. Cause you know, I've always heard bits and pieces, but you know, putting it all, all those pieces together, it, it definitely paints a picture. And I'll be honest with you, man, I'm just really glad that someone that a family that is as passionate about the outdoors, you know, acquired and, and or, you know, just help take Rhino to that next level after they, you know, knew they had reached uh, that point. But I like that because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the world we live in, you you don't know who would have who would have took that over or if it even would have been a thing anymore. And, you right. know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a firm believer in uh, the many as many people as we can that are that are promoting conservation or, or promoting the outdoors in a positive light is is the more the merrier. I mean, we're not. You know, as much as we see it on social media and in everyday life, that's just because it's in front of us. But at the end of the day, there are not as many people hunting, um, in my opinion, is, is what there was. But I do see a huge uh, uptick in people wanting to get into it, uh, wanting to understand, you know, I'd like to harvest my own game meat. I'd like to challenge myself with a bow. Uh, you know, one of my really good friends has been, at, you know, doing archery his whole life. And I'm like, you never thought about going bow hunting? And he's like, well, I, I've just never been much of a hunter. I'm like, well, you know, start off with some turkeys or some pigs, you know, something like that. See, see where it goes and, and kind of do that. This guy goes out west every year now and just is obsessed yeah. with elk. So um, I'm, I, I'm really glad that a, a family like y'all were, were able to kind of take that over. And like I said, I, uh, I enjoy it. We actually put uh, John on a turkey out of a rhino you know, the other weekend. So that was, that was neat to be able to, I, I like being able to see not having those little blind spots, you know, like most blind, blind yeah. people have. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Know, so yeah, it, it was, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Congrats to, to John <laughs> there. And, um, you know, it, it, it was, it was exciting for us to, um, be able to take, take over that brand. And, you know, we, we've always said from day one that, you know, OPI, all of our brands, um, and I'll get to talking about some of our other brands in addition to Rhino, but, um, you know, we are, we make products that are for hunters built by hunters. And that's kind of a, a common slogan, but not everybody can, you know, truthfully say that. And right. we know some of our, some of our competitors out there have some, some people that are designing products and, and making these products that just, they're not, they've never been in the woods and never hunted. Um, they're doing, you know, what they think is best. But at the end of the day, when you have, you know, people like my, my dad, myself, some other members, some other key members of our team here that are, you know, hunters themselves, uh, when they're, you know, putting in the time, the research, the development of these products, and, you know, they're coming off of, they're coming from the mind of a hunter, it, it does make a big difference. Um, and so we were excited to do that. Um, we, we then, after the acquisition of Rhino Blinds, um, we, we just went after other products that we either had already used or, and, and believed in a, a big, you know, um, a big thing of ours is we want to, we want to sell and own products that we truly believe in. We don't want to just sell, you know, the customer something that we just want to, that we don't believe in or is going to just make us money. We want to be able to believe in it. And so if you look at things like Rhino Blinds and the Lid Cam, those were things that we were using, you know, on the, on the TV show and just in personal life that we were sold on, we believed in. Um, and that brings me to our next brand that we acquired was Capsule Game Theaters. And that is a uh, unique auger-driven game theater that really just takes out the need to climb on a ladder stand on the back of a UTV or pickup truck. Um, it just is a game changer in the feeder market. And that was another product that we had actually used just personally on our farm in Southern Ohio for four or five years, fell in love with it, said, hey, this thing's got to get out of just the state of Ohio. We've got to take this. This thing's got to be taken nationally. Like people are going to love it. We talked to them. We acquired it, took it nationally. And now it's it's a pretty recognizable brand in the feeder industry. It's a little bit more expensive than your average tripod feeder, but it's going to save you, you know, an incredible amount of money 
in time and and give you so much more you know safety when it comes to filling your feeders and using your feeders i mean not having to take a ladder out into the field right there is <laughs> covers that difference in pay yeah absolutely absolutely so that's that's really the background of of opi and you know how we got started in the industry and i can go on and on about you know other brands and acquisitions we made or just other product lines we developed. And I'm sure we'll touch on some of those later, but that really gives you, you know, an idea of, of how we got started into this industry. Yeah, for sure. I know you guys have, uh, you got uh, rhino blinds, rhino tree stands, uh, the capsule feeder, like you mentioned, um, lid cam, uh, outpost feeders. And then the, the other two were wicked tree gear and leg tuck, right? Yeah, that's correct. And Outpost Feeders um, goes under the, the brand of Capsule Feeders. It was originally its own brand, um, but we, we made a decision about a year or two ago to, to take any, any feeders we had and all brand them under Capsule. So um, if, you, if you go to CapsuleFeeders.com, you'll see Outpost Feeders, you'll see Capsule Feeders, and you'll see some other uh, feeders we got in there. But yeah, so the other brands that we haven't talked about would be, um, you know, yeah, the Rhino Tree Stands. And that was a big move we made, uh, launched that in 2021. Really, it was just Rhino Blinds was gaining so much brand awareness. The Rhino brand is so strong. And pretty much every time we turned around, we had, you know, dealers and retailers asking us, like, hey, when's Rhino going to come out with tree stands? And when you're a ground blind company, you know, it just makes sense to have tree stands along with it. And so um, we kept that, we kept that uh, you know, background of of top quality really high quality durable products and and launched the rhino tree stand brand in 2021 and uh, that's going really well it's it's gaining a lot of traction really fast and and we're hoping to you know add the same little ingredients we did to rhino blinds over on the tree stand side and try to get that to be you know one of the most recognizable brands in the tree stand industry and we're really excited about that because the tree stand industry is about five or six times the size of the ground blind industry. And, and we know how many ground blinds we sell a year. So um, tree stands is going to be even that much more exciting. And um, in addition to that, we've got the, uh, the wicked tree gear line. That is a, a really good quality, recognizable um, hand saw, pole saw pruners. Um, you know, we've got machetes, we've got hatchets. Um, it's really just a, an all around uh, good tree cutting and limb cutting brand that's you know we're really proud of and and you know everything we sell everything we own you know from rhino blinds all the way to the wicked tree gear you know we try to we try to run with a a really high quality product line that's backed by high quality customer service and that's kind of our mantra no that's that's great man and that, and that definitely needs to be something that you know i i love that you guys are doing it and stuff but you know i really wish that a lot of other companies would kind of have a similar approach. Uh, it would definitely, you know, widen the range. But at the end of the day, I mean, you guys are on on it. I've uh, told people many a times. I even to the point, you know, your marketing's working well when people are just referring to any kind of blind as a rhino. You know, like every I've yeah. My uh, father-in-law had a, I think it was a, I want to see a, a Primo or. You know some type of outdoor blind and he was like yeah i got my rhino blind and then i was sitting in it one day and i was like i don't this isn't a rhino blind and he was like oh yeah oh it's this and then i saw the logo so you know that that's when you know it's working and i personally i actually use my handsaw is a wicked handsaw i i carry it everywhere because for one it's light and stays sharp for a really long time i mean i think i'll cut down a sapling so yeah absolutely and I think that's that's our goal is if we can if we can re you know brand the entire ground blind industry as Rhino, um, you know that's awesome. And I, I look at it as like you know uh, even though Kleenex is a brand of tissues, you you can grab any any tissue out of a box of, of tissues and somebody's going to call it a Kleenex. Right, right. And, and so you know that's that's the goal, and you know that's that's definitely when you know the the marketing's working. And, I, and I'll and I'll say you know our customers really really helped us with the Rhino brand. Um, you know, Rhino, Rhino Blinds was always recognizable. It was, it was trending going into 2020. It was really trending up in the right direction as far as becoming one of the most, uh, you know, the highest volume ground blind manufacturer in the industry and pretty much getting to the point where you could go to any, 
any retailer or archery shop and you're going to see, you know, at least one rhino blind on a shelf. And it was about that time, um, towards the end of 2020, we launched the Rhino 180 see-through blind. And that just took Rhino blinds to a whole new level. And I know you mentioned, um, you know, you recently were able to, to hunt out of one of those. It, it really is one of the, the best uh, ground blinds, the most innovative ground blinds available. And we, we give a lot of credit to our customer base. Um, we sold an incredible, incredible amount of those in quarter four of 2020 when we launched it. And that was about the time that, you know, your social media monster of like TikTok was coming, coming to the market and just really gaining a lot of traction. And so between, you know, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you know, our customers were buying this blind. They were kind of showing off what we call the Houdini effect of, hey, you know, if I'm going to walk around the outside of this blind with my phone and video it. It looks like a normal blind and bam, I'm going to show you inside the, the door of this, you know, one way see-through mesh that literally looks like you know a one-way mirror because from the outside it just looks like an ordinary blind you get on the inside and you can see crystal clear out from top to bottom two full panels of see-through material and that just really you know organically latched on to these social media posts and we were getting you know just your average bow hunter you know in in tennessee for example would would post a video and next thing you know in a day and a half later he'd have you know, between one and two million views on that. And when you can get, you know, four or five or six of those, let alone, you know, 10 or 12 that are all hitting a million views just because you happen to, you know, have your own little trend going, it really helps with helps with brand awareness and, and just launching Rhino Blinds to a whole new, whole new level. And so, you know, we always, we always make sure we give credit to our customer base for being loyal to Rhino, giving us a shot, sharing it with their friends, uh, sharing it on their social media accounts. And uh, that's, that's what we just appreciate the most is our customers really, you know, being proud of the Rhino brand and, and sharing it with their friends and family. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's that you couldn't have said that any better. I, I always think that, you know, just from research and, and things I see daily, it's the, the companies that really, you know, listen to their customers, they, they, you know, are, are actively looking on social media, like you said, at those trends that, that people start. Um, you know, you, you can't really miss seeing a video that gets, you know, over a million, a million views. But, um, you know, kind of taking that and, and going with it, it, it's great. I know the first time I was in one, I, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I was in the military when I was younger and we always had this saying of, you know, you got to trust your equipment and, and things like that. And, I'll be honest with you, when I was first in one, I was scared to move because I was just, yeah. I guess my mind was telling me, like, don't move because you can obviously see the, vis you know, what's in front of you. It's very visible. And I had to, like, tell myself, like, it's okay. Like, you can move as long as you're quiet. Like, you, you can scratch your face and things like that. It's just that visibility, my eyes and my brain did not want to. Now it's, like, second nature. But sometimes I'll get in it and, and almost forget that <laughs> it's covered you know because those older blinds back in the day it used to be the full panel you know you'd unzip a full yeah. panel so an animal could easily see you you know so i just right. had that in my head so um you know kudos to you guys for for definitely uh you know continuing with what rhino wanted to do um so i, I want to touch on a little bit this your outdoor option you know i know you said that that y'all had your TV show on the Pursuit Channel, um, you know what you said five seasons, right? Yeah, five seasons of it. So I, I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, you know that's that's really that's really interesting to to be able to to do that and travel. I mean, that's always a definition of, of you know what everyone says is, is living the dream. You know what was it what was it like being there with your dad and your sister was there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was there, and so it was a, a father-son-daughter uh, team, and, and we'd have my grandfather on there as kind of a special guest. Ultimately, you know, he was a special guest to start and ended up being almost like a fourth host. Um, he just didn't do all the, you know, the studio shots and, and talking about the, the hunts, but he was featured in almost every episode. And so it was really a really tight-knit family aspect, and, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it was sometimes could be, 
you know, um, emotionally, mentally draining just because when you're when you're traveling half the year and and that, that gets tiring. It's no different than being a professional athlete and and traveling for a, a full season and and going to all the different places across the country. At, at some point, you get a little run down, but uh, you just got to remind yourself that you know you're you're out there living the dream. You're getting to experience some of the greatest greatest scenes and, and views this this country and, and continent has to offer and um, it just was an extremely extremely proud five seasons that we had and so we we are based here in the Cleveland Ohio area um, and when we did that show we traveled to I mean gosh I could go on and on we we went to Alaska um, up, up in Sitka Alaska for uh, salmon fishing we went up to the island of Newfoundland uh, Newfoundland, Canada, to do uh, caribou, black bear, um, moose hunts. Um, we went down to, actually in 2014, we crossed the border of Mexico and did a, a, a free-range um, Mexican white-tailed deer hunt. Um, so, and then that's just the, that's just across the, the border stuff. And then in, in the, you know, solid part of the United States, uh, we went everywhere from Colorado to Florida to Kentucky, West Virginia, um, Tennessee, you name it. And we did everything um, from white-tailed deer to, to Rocky Mountain elk to moose to black bear um, and wild turkeys. And, and we did a lot of fishing as well. Um, but just, just in what we did, we, we went to some incredible places got to see things that some people will never see in their lifetime, caught it all on film the best we could, and uh, really just tried to, to give our viewers that, that American family experience of just spending time in the outdoors together and, and getting youth in the outdoors. You know, my sister at the time was about 15 or 16 years old, and, um, you know, and at, at the time I was in my early 20s, and so we had my dad, you know, still was taking his kids out hunting and and we we just had a, a grand time and, and really just pushed the aspect of getting your families in in the outdoors and and the outdoor option name really comes from you know my choice to to walk away from the game of football and choose the ability to spend time in the outdoors and so I chose the outdoors as my my primary option in life, and that's how we came up with the name, the outdoor option, because every single one of us that chooses to hunt and fish and spend time with their families or introduce their kids to the outdoors is choosing the outdoor option, and that's that's pretty much what our show was based around. I, I love that. You know, I really do. I, every every season, I, I always float more towards more family oriented, you know, getting the youth out there, you know, spending time with dad and grandpa and your sister and, and friends and, and things like that. It's, you know, I, um, I definitely resonate with that a, a lot. And, and that's something that, you know, attracted me to it also. But, um, you know, if you had to say, I know you, you've been so many places and, and done so much and, and you probably can't even pinpoint it, but of all the experiences you went on, and we'll, we'll narrow it down and say on this show, what what would you say would have been probably your most memorable or favorite, or um, it or maybe something that you know, you know, is being home better? What what would you say? Yeah, so I mean, we always we always love being able to showcase the state of Ohio, uh, being as our own our home state. Um, it has so much to offer with just amazing white-tailed deer, uh, really good eastern wild turkeys. We get we live right here on Lake Erie with incredible, you know, walleye fishing, and we get some, some steelhead salmon up here at times. And so we always enjoyed that. Um, but I'll say that um, there's really two, two places that uh, will always be in my mind. There are two trips we made, two episodes we filmed that, um, you know, really mean a lot to me. And and I'll, I'll, I'll say one is on the hunting side and one is on the fishing side. So on the hunting side, um, I've always had, since 2011, when we made that first trip out to Colorado for, for elk hunting, you know, I just fell in love with archery elk hunting during the September rut. And I tried, this last year was my first year in 10 years that I didn't 
make it out there. Um, but for 10 years straight, I went out there uh, with a bow and, and harvested some amazing, you know, amazing elk in the state of, Oca- state of Colorado. And in 2014, uh, we were filming season three for the show. I had an, an encounter where I was able to harvest a six by six uh, bull elk with my compound at a super far distance of seven yards. And um, (laughs) he he just, he just followed a cow. It was like a dream come true, a a crisp, uh, you know, 30 degree morning in early September. Um, It just was beautiful as the sun came up. We just got into the right place at the right time. Um, called a cow elk right in front of us and he just followed suit and I was able to you know hide behind a pine tree go to full draw and he stepped out at seven yards and and that was just one of the best uh, best films we ever got um, one of the best shots we ever got and just something that I will never ever forget uh, just the excitement of, of you know jumping up and down with my cameraman and and my guide um, it just was so surreal so that that and pretty much any trip we've made out to Colorado, I just I just love being out there, you know, especially in the in the fall when the when the aspens and quakies are turning to, from green to yellow, and um, just the scenery out there is just amazing. So that's probably my favorite my favorite hunting memory when it comes to the show. And then for the fishing side, we made a trip up to Sitka, Alaska, as I mentioned earlier. Um, we made a we, we took the whole family. We actually had my mom there. Um, at the time, uh, she was my fiance, and I was my wife for five years. Um, we took everybody up there, a, a family trip, um, spent two or three days fishing for, um, you know, cutthroat salmon um, and, and uh, you know, just wild salmon up there. And I actually was able to get my wife out on the rivers with me. Um, she caught a couple, a handful of just beautiful beautiful salmon um she's not an outdoors woman whatsoever she wasn't raised around it um she doesn't mind me doing it at all she she has the respect for it but just never has been out herself and so that was one of the first times i was able to get her you know kind of kind of get her feet wet um doing that and and she just absolutely loved it and so getting to share that with her um, we got some amazing, some amazing photos and some amazing video of her, you know, on a fly rod reeling in, you know, 10, 15 pound salmon out of a, out of a river that was maybe, you know, 10, 15 yards wide. And just the look on her face and just getting to share that with her. Uh, that was actually the year we ended up getting married in, in 2016. And so that was just a, a memory for me that, you know, and to get it all on video and, and be able to have that to look back on when our kids are older and be able to show them that, that's, that was a really good memory of mine. Yeah, I mean, especially on a fly rod, that's insane. The kids are going to get older and, and look and be like, wow, mom, like, <laughs> you're just out there killing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that, uh, that she'll never forget, I'll never forget, and um, we just had a lot of fun doing that, and that's another place, you know, Sitka. Alaska is just, you know, full of, of beauty and, and scenery and, um, you know, we just, we just loved it up there. So it was, it was really fun. You know, I figured when I asked that question, I was like, uh, you know, someone that's obsessed with Alaska as myself too. I, I figured when I asked that, I was like, I guarantee you Alaska at some point tied into this. Cause I don't think I've ever heard somebody, you know, going to Alaska to do a fishing or hunting trip and even if the conditions were absolutely horrid they were like that was the best best time of my life yeah absolutely and it's and there's so much to do up there and and uh just outside of, of fishing and so we made a about a week trip off of it and fished for two and a half three days and and actually got i think two if not three episodes worth of footage and uh just got some amazing feedback from our viewers on that and, and how beautiful it was and and how great it was to see you know somebody up there in a place that people dream of going so we were very lucky very fortunate to to be invited to go up there and and it was just a lot of fun you know and and what I like too is that you were able to capture it on camera you know I you know I won't lie to you I'm I'm one of those people even though working for a, a hunting social club I um you know I 
I'm, I'm not a big fan of social media. I understand, you know, obviously the importance of it and, and you know, you'll, you'll never reach anyone like you would, you know, through that, et cetera. But when it comes to filming and, and videography, um, you know, I, I tell people just being able to have that to, to show your, your children or, um, you know, down the road, you're, you know, 80 years old. And you're sitting there with your wife and, you know, you guys can look back on, on that memory and literally it's you're capturing the emotion and, and the sounds there and the birds are chirping and the, the fish are splashing. And, you know, that's one of the probably one of my favorite things about the, the videography, you know, episodes, just any type of capturing content is is what it can be used for in the future. And then also, like you said, people that have never been to Alaska, being able to showcase that, um, especially in a family setting, um, you know, that's a realistic setting. And in, in my opinion, you know, we I think more people would, you know, would be more interested in a family setting than a one on one adventure. I mean, we see that, but, you know, the industry's kind of flooded with that when you can see that family setting, you know, that that's a winner right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. You know, I, I really I could talk in Alaska all day. Um, so I know you mentioned that that you were kind of getting your sons into hunting. Um, you know, you you had hunting passed down to you. Your dad had it passed down to him. Um, passing down the tradition is is pretty important. It seems like to you, um, like kind of like with your plan. I guess the best way I want to word it is, you know, you said you had two sons. You said one was five, and then how old's the other one? Uh, the other one is about to turn three. About to turn three. So, um, and if you don't mind me asking, what's your five-year-old's name? Uh, his name is Bo. Bo, okay. So you're taking Bo out there. What's something you kind of want to, like, I guess in the in the early stages of, of him getting into hunting, what, what's kind of like, I guess, your goal or mission right now with, with the age he's at and what you're trying to do uh, with how you teach him things? Yeah, so the most important thing is, is teaching him to just have the, the patience, understand, you know, the beauty of, of nature and that, you know, the deer, uh, the deer and the turkeys aren't just there for us to, to shoot. It's, it's the respect that you have for them. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to harvest them at some point. Um, but understanding one thing that means a lot to me is I – in, in the state of Ohio, I can only shoot one buck per year, no matter what weapon I or what season I, I harvested it. And so a lot of my time, yes, I sit out there looking for a big buck, but I, I love just being out in the woods, um, just enjoying the sights and sounds of nature and, and being able to see a doe and two yearlings walk in front of me, you know, 10, 20 paces away and have no idea that I'm sitting there and just get to see them in their natural environment. That's what you know, hunting and being in the outdoors means to me. And so getting him out, being able to experience that, um, you know, learning, learning the, the way that the deer and the turkeys, you know, come in to sight, come in front of us, come in view, um, learning to, to be still, be quiet. Um, you know, I think that relays to a lot of things in life. Um, just being able to, to learn the maturity of, of sitting there, being able to, to be patient. Um, patience is a, a huge, a huge value in, in life. And um, I, I just want him to be able to learn uh, the respect for nature. I, I don't want him to, to look at a, a deer or a wild turkey in a disrespectful way. Um, I don't want it just to be, you know, we, we're driving down the road and we see a, a deer in the field and say, Oh, there's a deer. I got to shoot it. It's like, that's not what it's all about. Um, learning that, you know, you can, you can eat meat from a deer. You can eat meat from a a turkey. Um, I, I really, it's just about him learning the, the patience and the value that, uh, the nature and and wildlife bring to us. You know, and and that's a great foundation. And and that was actually a, a question that I see all the time. We have our own hunting app and I see, you know, there is a, a good uh, uptick of people that are just getting into hunting or, or their gener- we'll say their generation uh, was the one that started the hunting trend, not grandpa or, or their great grandpa um, in their family. And I, I hear it all the time, you know, how do I get my child into it? What should I do first? And I was like, what better person to ask this than someone that's, you know, uh, X amount times 
you know, tradition passed down, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you got to see different perspectives of how you were taught, because I'm sure grandpa taught you, you know, different things than what dad taught you and, and things like that. So I appreciate you answering that. And, and that'll be something I'm actually going to snip it and send to send to these guys when they ask, uh, you know, how do, how do I go about getting my kid into it? Creating that foundation of, like you said, instead of driving down the road, that's a big buck, let's shoot it. <laughs> you know, yeah. get, kind of getting yeah. out of that mindset. <laughs> yeah, because we, we have deer in our backyard. We, we live up against some woods, and, and we have a little family of six or seven deer that live back there, and you can't hunt them, and it's not always about hunting them. It's just being able to see them and, and watch them interact in our in our backyard or our neighbor's yard. And, and uh, it, it's there's just a respect to have about you know, the wildlife we have here. And, and I'm, I'm just lucky enough to have both of my boys are, are interested and, and just love being in the outdoors. And I was a little bit worried, um, you know, when you're, when you're about to have a little boy, you know, you don't want to force them into anything or make them be something they're not. And, and luckily for me, they just absolutely eat every single minute they have up when it comes to, to being just out in the woods with dad or, or granddad. And, and, uh, you know, at, at one point when my grandfather was, was still with us, we had four generations of, of Reesers that uh, were spending time um, even just last, uh, about a year ago, um, before he passed, we, we were down at our, our farm and uh, we had my oldest son, Bo, myself, my dad, my grandfather, we were all out shed hunting and and, uh, you know, found 11 or 12 sheds. And my little guy was, was uh, just riding around on the Polaris Ranger looking at, you know, areas and found a couple himself. And, and so we, we got to experience that as four generations. And, and that's what's important to me is just um, we as an outdoor company and the brands that we sell, you know, we would not be able to have that if it weren't for, you know, people continuing to introduce their, their kids or, uh, other people into the outdoors and and I think you know as as bad as the pandemic was for this country um, it did a lot for the outdoor industry and and getting new people introduced to hunting and fishing and and uh, you know realizing that there is a, a way to go out and you know purchase a, a $19 hunting license in the state of Ohio and be able to harvest the white-tailed deer and put you know 60 70 80 pounds of meat in their freezer rather than going to the grocery store and spending god knows how much money um to buy you know a, a pound of, of ground beef and so um you know that uh, we we've seen we've seen a huge increase in the amount of hunters and new hunters and, and new fisher fishermen and women in the industry uh, over the last two years and i think that's going to continue to grow as as people you know get more introduced to it you know, Danny, I uh, it, it's really nice to hear a, a company. I know I've said this multiple times, but you know, hearing someone's story and and them practicing what they preach. I mean, that's I, you know, in my opinion, that's probably you know contributed to so much success with it, and and people can definitely get behind that because at the end of the day, you know, people in the outdoor industry, hunting, fishing, uh, any type of appreciation for the outdoors, understands that. Uh, you know, there there's two types of people, really. It's those who understand and appreciate it and those who don't and just need a little more education on it or, or guidance. But, um, you know, I, it just makes me back the product even more knowing, you know, where it's coming from. It's not, it's not, you know, yeah, you guys are successful and you're doing great and you're making all the right moves right now. But at the end of the day, it definitely seems like it's not about the money. You guys have experienced things like you said that some people won't ever experience in their life and, and you're completely happy with that but um, you know you want to continue to do right by the hunting community by giving them great products uh, opportunities to get great products and, and and things that can really help them have the best outdoor experience they have so um, you know I, that I'm definitely you know when you do a podcast you never really know which direction things are going to go if somebody's going to you know, be too salesy or, or, you know, really tell us their story. And, and it's nice to hear this story. And, and, and I really appreciate that. So tell us, you know, what, what I know we're going to kind of shift lanes here, but we're going on roughly about 50 minutes. And, and uh, I know there's a few prior engagements we both have also, but Danny, 
what where's OPI like? What does the future look like for OPI? Do you guys have anything you know in the works, or or, or are you guys going to continue as business as usual? Um, you know, with everything that that's happening with with social media, and we'll just say the last two years because I don't <laughs> I don't like that to be the basis of the podcast. Usually, we've heard about you know the the pandemic for so long, but kind of what's the future look like for OPI right now? Yeah, so uh, our goal is just to keep expanding, whether it be additions to current product lines or bringing out new product lines and new brands. Um, like one one thing, for example, is you know the Rhino brand it, it carries a lot of weight, and we've we felt we've done a great job of establishing that brand uh, with a good reputation, and and you'll see that with Rhino blinds and Rhino three stands. Um, we're actually in the works of launching a series of hard sided blinds. So Rhino blinds has always been just the soft-sided pop-up blinds, whether it be a five-hub pop-up blind or your spring steel pop-up blind. Um, but just like with the tree stands, we've been getting asked a lot about getting into the hard-sided blinds. And so we will be coming out with a series. I don't know how many models or SKUs we're going to have, um, but it'll be at least two or three um, of hard-sided blinds that'll be under the Rhino brand that should be available for customers to start purchasing in 2023. So that's really exciting for us. That's that's coming up and coming. Um, on the Wicked side, uh, right now we have Wicked Tree Gear, which is your, like I said, your hand saws, pole saws, pruners, etc. Um, we're going to be launching a line of Wicked Wicked Tough Fishing Gear. Uh, that's going to be a full line of pruners or not pruners, pliers, uh, fillet knives, uh, just different tackle associated with uh, with fishing. Maybe not necessarily the rods and reels and the lures, but all of your accessory equipment that goes on along with it from fishing nets to gaff hooks to fillet knives, pliers, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's all going to be under the, the Wicked Tough Fishing brand. And that'll be that'll probably be launched towards the later end of this year. Um, so those are both things that are up and coming for looking into 2023 that we're really excited about. And, and we're going to be, you know, doing some more things, too, that I can't really speak on yet. Right, right. Um, but there's there's just a lot in the works for us. And, and as far as the last two years go, you know, the like I said, as bad as the pandemic was, um, you know, I hated to see all the people that were affected by it. Um, but it did produce or provide an opportunity for people to, to get out in the outdoors, get on that free, clean air, that free space, um, whether it just be, you know, hiking, you know, kayaking, canoeing, um, or, you know, deciding like, hey, you know, this is going to be the year that I'm going to take my, my dad up or my, I'm going to take my uncle up on that, that offer to go deer hunting with him because I would love to be able to shoot a deer and, and learn how to, you know, process it and be able to put that meat in my freezer just in case things do turn for the worse or, or getting out and, and having the extra time uh, to be outdoors on, on a boat fishing or on, on the side of a, a river stream fishing and just being able to, to breathe that clean, fresh air and, and be able to just enjoy the outdoors as it was, it was intended. And so um, we've seen, you know, from our research, uh, from our communications with our dealers and retailers, the outdoor industry is, is on the up and up, and there's just a lot more uh, new faces in the industry uh, that I think once people are in it, it's a passion a passion hobby and it's not something that you just try out for a year and then right. walk away from it um, so we're gonna we're excited to see those people that are new to it get to experience what what we've experienced for all these years of getting to buy all the latest and greatest products and and, and see something and, and add it to their you know their their birthday or their Christmas wish list and and something that you know we've been we've been doing for years and and uh, you know bruising up our wallets with but um, you know, get the it's all exciting stuff, and and we're we're looking forward to catering to those new faces. Isn't it like exciting, like to you know? It, and I've I've mentioned this a few times, and we're, we're around the same age. You know, I'm 32, and, and you said you're about to be 30. So you know, we we have a similar similar background and, and things like that. It sounds like, but you know, seeing someone experience in the outdoors, whether it's that fish, you know, hunting, it doesn't even have to be hunting or fishing. It could be getting out there camping or, or you know, you know, mushroom hunting. I know it's about to kick off up north. So, you know, yep. seeing that, that feeling, I almost feel like I, I can't pinpoint it because obviously we can't uh, measure that, you know, the, the feelings we have, but it almost feels like getting someone, especially when they become successful with whatever they're doing, that that feeling almost exceeds when you're by yourself or or uh, 
uh, you know, when you're successful as just an individual, I, I definitely, th I just put a bird on his last turkey for his grand slam. And I think I was probably more excited than he was. I, I wanted to be the one that ran after the bird uh, yeah. after we shot, you know, I jumped up and was like, yeah. okay, it's not your moment. Like it's his, <laughs> let him enjoy it. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I get it. I get it completely. Um, so we'll kind of wrap up here. Uh, tell us, tell our listeners, you know, where can they find your products? What's a good way to reach out or, or follow you on your socials? Um, if they're interested in, in checking out, you know, the companies that you guys uh, have out right now. Yeah. So each of our brands, uh, have their own unique website. So if you just look at the brand, like Rhino blinds is rhino blinds.com, okay. uh, feeders.com, wicked um, very easy to navigate to. Um, if you wanted to go to one website that will show you all of the brands that outdoor product innovations owns, uh, you can go over to opioutdoors.com. And that'll basically just give you our mission statement and uh, logos with links to each website of the brands that we own that you can browse through and, and just really see everything we have to offer. Um, would love to have anybody that is on social media, you know, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, each brand has its own social media following. Um, we're posting all kinds of cool stuff on there. Um, and then, yeah, if you go to any, you know, archery shop, your local archery shop, your local sporting goods dealer or retailer, uh, there's a good chance you'll see some of our, our more recognizable brands like Rhino Blinds or Rhino Tree Stands in there. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're just pretty much trying to be anywhere that, that they shop, uh, they can see it. But for sure, you can always visit our, our direct websites um, and, and opioutdoors.com is, is a great place to start to be able to you know, easily click on a logo and it takes you right to the website. You can browse all of our products. Okay, and I will put that, I'm going to put that in the show notes. Um, I'll put the, the main website and, and some links for them to, to reach out to you and, and I'll get your socials on there and stuff. But um, Dan, do you do you have anything that, that you want to touch on uh, or, or talk about? Or and I felt like that was a pretty pretty good story there, but I definitely, you know, we're I definitely want to check with you and see if there was anything else you wanted to touch on. Um, you know, I think we covered a lot. I, I guess awesome. I, I would just leave you with this. You know, um, I, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but, you know, we value our customers. Um, we value the everyday hunter and fisherman and women. Um, you know, we know without, without them, you know, we wouldn't be able to, to do what we do. Um, we try to provide them with the best, latest, and greatest products we can. You know, outdoor product innovations with our brands like Rhino Blinds, Castle Feeders, uh, Wicked Tree Gear. You know, we pride ourselves in good quality products with really good customer service. We're always going to be here to, to pick up the phone when you call, answer an email. You're going to get a, an actual human being that will take care of you with any questions you have. Um, and on the other side, the last thing I want to say is I just want to encourage everybody to, to get out in the outdoors as much as you can. If you've got children and, and, you, and you're, a, you're an outdoorsman or, or woman yourself, you know, take your kids hunting, take them fishing, take them hiking, uh, you know, introduce them to what this country has to offer with, with the amazing you know, environment of the, of the woods, the forests, the, the ponds, lakes, rivers. Um, really that's the best way to, to spend time with your kids is, is outdoors. And, um, you know, we know that as many people we can get introduced to this industry, the, the stronger and bigger it's going to be. And, uh, it, it just is all around good for conservation and, and, uh, being able to still enjoy what we have at our disposal here. Well said, man, that's a, that's a great wrap up right there. And, and you guys keep doing what you're doing. Uh, like I said, you know, not just, uh, working in the industry, but being a, being a customer myself, I, uh, everyone that knows me knows I'm not a, uh, bandwagon or, you know, what he's using or she's using. I like to get out there myself and test products and, and see what works for me. And once that happens, I'm about a hundred percent loyal, uh, up until the end. So, um, you know, I, I definitely love what you guys are doing and, and, uh, encouraging people to get out there. That's, you know that that speaks volume. It's it's at the end of the day, it's it's not about the money. It's it's about getting people out there and and all the success and and, and notoriety and stuff comes after. 
Um, but Dan, I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us. Uh, and, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again. We'll, we'll get, yeah, we'll, I tell you what, we'll plan something out when you launch the, the fishing line, um, the fishing accessory line, we'll get you back on here and, and then you could tell the, tell the listeners about that. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on Justin and, and uh, anytime you you need anything or have any questions you want to bounce off me feel free to reach out to myself or john and uh just great time talking to you today i really appreciate it awesome awesome man well thanks again for your time and you guys are listening to the whitetail series podcast